Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in the third and final hour here on Wednesday. A lot that we can discuss. Of course, uh, we started off the day alerting you in case you hadn't heard that uh, New Bedford City Councilor at large, Ian Abreu, was in a car accident yesterday and uh, he has suffered a few broken bones and he is undergoing surgery today, but he assures us that he is okay. He's going to be off the grid for a couple of days. He wanted us to express his gratitude to everyone who has been sending out their well wishes and he will be going to uh, going into surgery if he's not already and he said he'll be off the grid for a couple of days. And if you have any issues during that time, any constituent services that you can reach out to the city council office, to the ward counselor for your ward, or you can reach out to the mayor's office. So uh, speedy recovery. We wish him a speedy recovery and that everything goes well with the surgery. And uh, you can go on his Facebook page and leave him some well wishes if you would like to do that. I'm sure once he is out of surgery, he would love to read some of those. Also, uh, in a more tragic note, if you haven't heard the story already, former New England Patriots quarterback Ryan Mallett uh, drowned. He, he died in an apparent drowning, according to the uh, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office. Uh, he was working as a football coach at Whitehall High School in his native Arkansas. Uh, the school district confirmed his death as well as the Sheriff's Office. So he played for New England. He was drafted by New England. And he also played in Baltimore. He played in Houston. He was, you know, when he came here, people felt like this was a guy that was going to be a, a, a regular NFL starter. He was a third-round pick in the 2011 NFL draft. He appeared in four games for the Patriots in 2012, going one for four, you know, one of four passes for 17 yards. Uh, but... He also had a chance when he when he got to the Texans, he made six starts in nine games, and then he had two starts and eight appearances with the Ravens. So he had a pretty decent career. You know, when, when you can stick around for a couple of years, make a little bit of money, third-round draft pick money, and then go on and go back to your home state and coach, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but the, the details of how he drowned, I haven't seen those yet. But uh, we're just seeing a lot of reaction from around the NFL world and from his home state of Arkansas. So very tragic. Drowning at the age of 35, former Patriots quarterback Ryan Mallett, who I always found, you know, in my time in the locker room to be a very nice guy, very affable guy, always joking around. You know, the backup quarterbacks usually had lockers near Tom Brady. And so you would go over there and, you know, kind of chat with them while you were hoping to maybe get 
something quick privately with Brady when he came out. And the, the backup quarterbacks knew that's what you were doing. You know, I, I, I was able to have lots of conversations with Adam Vinatieri because I was waiting for Tom Brady. Then that, those were in the days when Tom Brady used to speak at his locker. He didn't always go to the podium. But it was, um, it, you know, Ryan Mallett was just seemed like a nice guy, and, and certainly it's a tragic situation. So uh, we send our, our thoughts and prayers out to his family, and uh, hopefully the situation is something that was, um, you know, just a, just a tragedy and not something that was... Uh, you know, not being safe. But we'll get all the details as those come out. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in on some of the things we were talking about. Uh, also, as I mentioned, New Bedford Light has the story, Arthur Hirsch reporting about the budget cuts made by the city council on Monday and that they cut a significant amount from the budget. After cutting, you know, still a significant amount last year, $3.2 million from the budget, from the mayor's proposed budget last year. This year, they cut, let me give you the exact number, $8.77 million. So I was going to say $8 million, but it's actually closer to $9 million. Now the budget was about $45 million more than it was last year, so... There would be more to have to cut, I would guess, if the more that you're asking for. But still, most of these cuts come from what the mayoral administration considers mandatory costs, Arthur reports, including trash collection, payroll taxes, and insurance. So Mayor Mitchell will be here with Chris and Marcus later on, and I'm sure he will have a lot to say about this, uh, as he did to, to Arthur Hirsch. But I especially want to hear his reaction to this statement by counselor at large Shane Burgo when it comes to, uh, you know, he actually proposed an even larger cut than the 8.77 million. And he said on Tuesday to New Bedford Light that uh, my concern is the positions that have been vacant, left vacant so long. So these positions that in city government that Mayor Mitchell has been telling us that they're trying to find candidates to fill, but they can't find anybody to come and fill them. Uh, Councillor Burgo is worried about why these positions have been vacant for so long. He says the taxpayers have to fund these positions as if there's someone in them. I feel the directors are being told not to hire people. So the mayor is coming on and saying, we can't find people to fill these positions. Councillor Burgo is saying, well, maybe it's because the directors are saying don't hire anybody or they're being told not to hire anybody. So is that how they're, they're beefing up the budgets for these departments is by getting funding for positions that they never fill and then that money gets filtered over into other purposes within that department? And, and do we... Can we consolidate some of them? Probably. I mean, you probably have learned now where these positions have been empty to live without them. But I don't think that that's a unilateral thing across the board to say, well, if all these positions have just been vacant for two, three, four years, what's the point of trying to find anybody to fill them? Just cut them all. Because for all that time, somebody's probably doing extra work that they shouldn't have to do. But they're doing it even though it's not in their job description, because it has to get done. So what you're saying is, let's not give 
money to the department where people may be doing those things. Sure, does it warrant an audit to take a look and see how many of these people need to, to how many of these positions need to be filled? Probably. But hopefully the mayor's office already did that when they created the budget. If the council wants to go and do its own investigation through the course of the, the next year before the next budget proposal, then yeah, do that. But I think that that's kind of an arbitrary statement to say, you know, I feel the directors are being told not to hire people. Do you feel that or are you being told that? If you're being told that, say as much. So I'm sure the mayor will want to respond to that as well as the final budget overall when he is on with Chris and Marcus later on this morning. And we will also get Council President Morad to discuss it with us on Friday when she returns to the program. Uh, we just, you know, we took a, a week off from that segment because uh, Jack Splane was filling in for me this past Friday. Uh, but she will rejoin us this coming Friday. 508-996-0500. So those are a couple of the big stories that we've been discussing. We also talked about the latest development in that story of the 32-year-old woman who, I guess, just decided to put herself back in high school, uh, but she fraudulently claimed the identity of someone else and counterfeited papers to be able to go to the school. So she's now facing, her name is Shelby Hewitt. She is now facing two felony counts of forging documents and five other charges related to this scheme. She had fraudulently registered as a high school student under several aliases. This is, uh, this is from Channel 5's reporting. According to a police report, Hewitt assumed the identity of a person associated with Lowell Juvenile Court. It's not, no, it's not clear if that person was a juvenile defendant. The records also show police searched an apartment in Jamaica Plain where Hewitt was living and found a number of forged documents connected to both the juvenile court and DCF. Now, keep in mind, she was working uh, for DCF. So she had access. She was a social worker from 2016 to 2017 during parts of 2018 and from December 21 to, through February 23. So she had access to those documents by working there. And whereas she had gone to school, she went to the Jeremiah E. Burke High School, Brighton High School, and English High School throughout the course of the 2022-2023 school year. So she, she was going to school while she was working for DCF? What was she doing? That's what I want to know. Like, what was her day-to-day -day like? Was she going, getting up in the morning, driving herself to school, going to class, doing the work? She must have been doing the work, doing her homework, or else it would have drawn some attention. She would have had to have a parent-teacher conference or something. Why? I was saying earlier, you know, what would you go back to high school for? And I would still like to know at 508-996-0500. If you, if you could go back to high school, would you? And what would you go back for? What would be the thing that you would be looking forward to? I don't think anybody would say homework. Why would you intentionally want to go and have to do homework again? But she must have been doing it. And then she did this at three different schools. I mean, I guess maybe you can get by 
if after a few months, you know, they ask for a parent-teacher conference and then you disappear. When she disappeared from the other schools, when she transferred, did they know that she transferred or did she just tell the next school she was transferring? Or did the school just say, oh, well, she didn't show up anymore. Like, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered in this. The most important question is, why? And as I mentioned, her father has told uh, Channel 5 that she has mental health issues and that she is going through mental health counseling now. She's, she's getting mental health help. And okay, but what was the thought process? Was it to go back to a place where she felt safe? Was it to try to get a better perspective and insight on, on the, the kids she may have been working with as a social worker for DCF? Was it talking to these kids and realizing how much better of a time that was in her life that she had to go relive it? I, I don't know. Whatever the answer is, it's, it's going to be wrong. It's going to be, well, that's not how you handle this. But it's still fascinating nonetheless. So we'll see what happens because there will be a trial now that there are charges uh, unless, you know, they can have it be an insanity defense, which may, may be possible in this situation. 508-996-0500. And I also brought up in the last hour, Barry has an article up at WBSM.com and on the app in which uh, he talks about how Hasbro, the locally based company from Pawtucket, how they are bringing back, they're re-releasing the Furby for its 25th anniversary. The creepiest toy of all time will be back on shelves July 15th. You can pre-order yours now at Amazon, but if if you want a f creature that's going to learn and repeat and probably spy on you, you want to get yourself a Furby. These things are supposed to learn to repeat what you say, repeat what you teach it, then talk to each other if you put two of them together and then teach each other things. Just do me a favor. If you get a Furby, buy one, one per household, and then keep it from interacting with other Furbies. Now, it may have the secret ability to go online and upload everything that it learns to a Furby net where they can all download that information. They may be, they may be able to, you know, be a, a, a conscious collective like the Borg. I don't know for sure. But try to avoid letting the Furbies interact and learn from each other because that's how Skynet starts. When the Furbies all start interacting and, and, and building that AI grid, that's how Skynet starts. And then the next thing you know... Terminators are chasing after all of us, and it's Judgment Day. So don't let the Furbies interact. One Furby per household, please, for the safety of all mankind. Of course I'm being facetious. I'm only kidding. I don't think that at all, just in case the Furbies are listening. 508, 508. I said 508. See, everything's going to become Furbyized. 508-996-0500. Going to take a break right now. Keep an eye out for these little furry creatures that may be walking into the studio. Oh, my God, it's like a digital puckwudgie. We'll be back in just a few. <laughs>
Welcome back in. In just a few moments, we're going to be going into the newsroom. But before we do that, yesterday, Marcus and Chris were asking you who your favorite Boston or New England sports you know, figure is, your favorite athlete. And I heard Marcus making his case for why Bill Russell isn't the great player that everybody makes him out to be. I, and I should put the caveat to that, that Marcus says he, he was a, a good player, but that he is overrated. And I don't know that I agree with that as, first of all, and as Marcus rightly pointed out, he is a Hall of Fame person. No doubt about that. Um, and I've been lucky enough to have some spend some time around Bill Russell over the years. And I can tell you, he, I, find him, I found him to be one of the most interesting people that I've ever had the pleasure to be around. Um, one of the most awesome presences of anybody. And that would have been even if he wasn't, you know, as tall as he was, and even if he wasn't such a important sports figure, like when he's in a room, you are just drawn to him anyway, his energy and the conversations that he has and the way that he, the way that he would uh, share stories and information and, and thoughts. But he also kind of created the entire defense that the NBA plays today. So I think that, that has to factor into something. Uh, but if you ask me who my favorite Boston sports athlete was of all time. That'd be tough, especially since, you know, we had so many great athletes come through at a time when I was, you know, supposed to be an objective sports journalist and not supposed to be a fan. And so that kind of makes it harder for me. But I will say that one of the most, uh, one, one of my favorite athletes to have been around and to see the way that they impacted a team was seeing Kevin Garnett come to the Celtics and seeing the way that he just totally changed not only that franchise, but Paul Pierce. A guy who, people forget this, but before Garnett came and kind of lit a fire under Pierce's ass, Pierce was having a lot of trouble being a leader on that team. Doc Rivers gave him a stack of books on leadership to read. And Pierce read them all, to his credit, but never really emerged as the, as the true captain of the team. But then, you know, Garnett comes and, and, and Pierce kind of steps into that role and really, really embodies that. So I think that there's a lot to be said for the impact that he had, even in the brief time that he was here. But of course, the greatest athlete, I think it's hard to argue that, well, I don't know. Because I was going to say Tom Brady, but he's not not the greatest athlete. <laughs> he could never run. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things that will be debated and discussed. But we have so many great memories to go back and, and, and go through to be able to have that debate. It's also, you know, a nice problem to have, right? So, okay, let's go into the newsroom now and get all the serious news without a bass. Fury in the suburbs of Paris as people are protesting police for allegedly killing a 17-year-old boy. 
French police officer allegedly shot the victim, known as Nail M, around 8.18 a.m. local time in the suburb of Nanterre on Tuesday. French authorities detained an officer for suspected culpable homicide. French President Emmanuel Macron said the shooting of the young male was unjustified, and he stood in solidarity with the family. Clashes are occurring in Nanterre following this incident. Former President Donald Trump claims he did nothing wrong in discussing what prosecutors say were classified documents with his staff and others as he left office. While rallying in New Hampshire, Trump took time out to say he and his staff were going through a lot of things besides the documents, like magazines, for instance. Trump was responding to an audio recording of a 2021 meeting where he discusses holding onto the secret documents. Canadian wildfire smoke is once again forecasted to blanket New York State today and tomorrow. Scott Pringle reports. Well, Governor Kathy Ockel says the air quality is expected to be poor in parts of New York State over the next couple days. She's urging those at higher risk, like children, to take precaution. Camp counselors be aware these kids need to be protected. They're younger. They have, uh, some of them have health challenges and making sure that they have everything they need to probably stay indoors. The air quality not expected to be quite as bad as it was a few weeks ago from the wildfire smoke, but it could reach levels deemed unhealthy for sensitive groups. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. A former Maryland police chief will likely spend the rest of his life in prison after he was convicted of setting fires targeting people he saw as enemies. David Crawford, former city chief of the city of Laurel, was found guilty this week of a dozen charges, including eight counts of attempted murder in connection with the arsons. The judge sentenced him to two consecutive life terms plus 75 years. The 71-year-old says he plans to appeal. The Federal Reserve is slated to release its 2023 stress testing results today. It's a big deal for the largest banks in the country because it helps determine bank regulatory capital requirements for the following year. It also helps banks determine how much excess capital they have, which impacts shares, repurchases, and dividends. The Powerball is up for grabs tonight with with a $462 million jackpot. That works out to about $242 million in cash. Friday's Mega Millions jackpot is up to $368 million, or about $193 million if you take the cash option. And a hotel renovation at the Gas Lamp Quarter of San Diego has a very unusual theme. Bringing Tennis has more. In the UK, kids start the first day of every month saying rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. They do it for good luck. And the remodeled Hilton is hoping for that too with their $22 million top-to-bottom renovation. And it's all rabbit all the way. General manager of the hotel says the rabbit theme is a throwback to 150 years ago when the gas lamp quarter was actually nicknamed Rabbitville. The restaurant offers rabbit cocktails, carrot cake, and a yappy hour for dogs, but your rabbit might like it too. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. In sports, the Red Sox lost 10-1 to last night against the Miami Marlins. Game two of the three-game series between the teams is tonight at 7.10 p.m. at Fenway Park. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. More showers are on the way. We are expecting another round just to move through quickly. 
should be out of here by the mid-afternoon. We'll be reaching a high of about 74 degrees. We're going to stay mostly cloudy today, breezy and humid. Overnight tonight, we're going to get down to about 66 degrees. And for tomorrow, 75 with another shot of some afternoon scattered showers and thunderstorms for the area. From the ABC 6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's Newstalk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 68 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. 1420 WBSM, as crystal clear as FM. Stream us on the WBSM app. Welcome back in, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim, how are you doing this morning? Good, how are you? Not bad. I think if I had to, uh, for sports figures uh, in the Boston or New England area, i definitely put Bobby Orr in there, obviously Tom Brady. Um, both of them... Uh, I don't think Tom Brady changed the sport, but uh, Bobby Orr definitely changed the uh, hockey. Uh, he, he he changed the uh, defensive position to an offensive position, so it, it kind of threw all of the different sort of uh, gameplay out uh, once he started skating up in front of the uh, offensive line and having somebody drop back. So, it, you know, it changed uh, how everybody thought about the game. And, um you know, and it, and obviously he was a great hockey player. He started playing pro at like 14 in Canada. So uh, I think I think uh, Bobby Orr would be in there for number one for me. I, I would agree with all of those points, yeah. And I had one other question about this um, woman that uh, decided to change identities and go back to high school. Um, I read about a case, uh, actually heard about two in total, but I remember reading one in Texas where uh, this uh, 23-year-old or 24-year-old uh, ended up going back to high school and was befriending all these girls, and then he, she was trying to get them to come over to her house, and what it, what it was was it was a scheme that she was working for a pimp um, and that she was trying to get, they were trying to get girls from the high school um, to either abduct or, um, or to become uh, prostitutes, and uh, they figured that it was easier for somebody to befriend these people in school. And then um, and I, I, just as soon as I heard that, I was like, it just drew me back to that, that case in Texas. And I was like, I, I, hopefully that's not what this, this woman's trying to do. So, I mean, I would, I would think not just because, you know, being a social worker herself and seeing like some of the, the bad side of this, I think she probably has, there's probably good intentions in this somewhere, but I think she's just, you know, just not well. And so she has good intentions, but the execution of, of what she's trying to do is, is wrong. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's probably maybe she thinks she can do better for, for kids helping them as, as their peer instead of as their counselor. Or maybe she's experiencing some things herself and she thinks, you know, going back and being around these kids might help her. I don't know, but I, I'm hoping gotcha. it's not anything nefarious like that. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Well, thanks, Tim. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. You too. And uh, 508-996-0500, you are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. Good morning. It's Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. How's it going? Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, if it's okay, I'd just like to announce the location and times of the petition signing for term limits for city council uh, for today and through Sunday. Sure. Okay. Uh, today, <clears throat> Wednesday, uh, stop and shop. Uh, Dartmouth Street, again, uh, from 2 to 6. Uh, Thursday and Friday, Market Basket, 2 to 6. 
Saturday and Sunday, market basket, 10 to 4. And uh, we'll uh, announce another set, uh, you know, toward the end of this then. And everybody can follow along with you on the Facebook group? Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, YES, all caps, uh, term limits, small caps, uh, initial cap, New Bedford. And um, anybody would like to volunteer or have any questions, call Paul, 508-496-0001. And um, there's something else I was going to say, now I've forgotten. Oh, I said we haven't gotten to the, creating the Facebook page yet, but I am going to follow your advice as soon as I can. All right. And, uh, well, I mean, and I think that'll help, you know, because then you can get that information without people having to join to see it. So it'll be it'll be beneficial. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sorry about uh, going back and forth on uh, switching the topic here. I, I know there was just a sports topic, but I guess I can contribute to that by saying that when I was a kid, um, I followed the Red Sox season religiously in 1967 with Carly Stremsky, Tony Canigliaro, mm -hmm. and uh, I was uh, horseback riding a lot then, and I used to bring my transistor radio and keep it to my ear while I was riding. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Must have been uh, hard to was, keep uh, the uh, little earpiece in your ear. Well, now, well, <laughs> no, they didn't have that then, of course. But, oh, they uh, did. They had, they had those little wired earpieces. You didn't have oh, one of those for your transistor? Oh, you didn't have one of those? It would have helped you out a lot, I bet. Yes, I think the horses would have been happier too. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sox, the the, uh, the horses were all Yankee fans, I guess. Oh well, now I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay, I did get thrown a few times though over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, but as a kid, you just bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've never I've never really done horseback riding. I I probably did it when I was a little kid, but as an adult, I've never done it. Yeah, well. I'd love to again, but I'm, you know, I mean, and I am in good shape, but still, you know, it's different from being a kid. And, uh, and I also sort of, you know, I'm just, I'm happy to look at their beauty and, and grace by, you know, watching them. So anyway. All right. Well, thank you for all the information and, and you have a great day. Okay. Thanks, you too. Bye. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had offers from people. I have friends who own horses. I'm like, oh, come ride my horses. I'm like, well, let me lose some weight first because it wouldn't be fair to the horses. 508-996-0500. Uh, uh, why don't we take our next break here? We'll be back in just a few moments. <laughs> Listen, I'm not aware of too many things either, but one thing I am definitely aware of is that you can get a lot of things at the butcher shop in New Bedford. They've been serving New Bedford for over 30 years. They know at the butcher shop that the perfect meal starts with the perfect ingredients. That means fresh meat, seafood, hot plates, baked goods and wine, and so much more right here in New Bedford at 123 Dartmouth Street. It is New Bedford's premier destination for locally sourced food. How locally sourced is it? 
you can actually walk in and you know how they always say like you never want to see how the sausages are made? You can walk into the butcher shop and actually see how the sausages are made. It's not nearly as bad as people would make you think. It's actually a very interesting process and the results are delicious. You can see it all for yourself right there at the, at the butcher shop. You can get all kinds of great meat there. Of course, they have all of the steaks that you would expect to find, including tomahawk steaks, right? Fourth of July is coming up. Maybe you want to impress everybody by grilling up a couple of tomahawk steaks. You can get those at the butcher shop. You can also get, if you want to have a little great meal and great meat at a more affordable price, you can get some of the Terrace Major. That's a way to save some money but still have a great cut of meat. You can also get celebrity pork chops. And as Eric tells us, once you have celebrity pork chops, you'll never be able to eat another pork chop again because you'll only want to get celebrity pork chops. They are that good. While you're there getting your meats, you can also take home some pre-made food. They have great fresh food every day that they make each morning so that you can have a quick meal or you can feed the whole family. And they take care of all of that for you. And if you're going to be having a nice meal, why not compliment that with a great bottle of wine? Their wine cellar has everything from $5 to $500. So if you are somebody like me that doesn't know anything about wine, they prom- Maria promised me they can get you a great bottle of wine for 5 10 bucks that will really explain to you and let you understand why people are so into wine. It'll be that good for such a low price, but if you are a wine connoisseur, well, then that's where you can find the stuff that you can't find anywhere else. And, of course, with 4th of July coming up, make sure you get yourself some of their meat packages and you will make sure that you have everything for everybody that might be coming over. You can also get some party platters from them, well, from them as well. Again, the butcher shop located at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. I am excited about all of the great meat that I could be offering to people on 4th of July if I was going to invite them over and share. Now nah, I'll probably go over, probably go over to my parents' house and I'll bring something delicious from the butcher shop for them. All right, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, we have a few moments left where we can discuss some things. I did ask that question earlier too, by the way, uh, talking about that high school case about the 32-year-old who went back to high school, apparently forging documents and is now going to face charges. Uh, I, what would you go back to high school for? You know, the previous caller had called in with something that may be nefarious. Um, But if you had the opportunity, if somebody said you can go back to high school tomorrow, what would you be most looking forward to? When I was in high school, I was in the AV club. Surprise, right? I was in the AV club because I loved everything about technology. I loved television production. I thought I was going to go into that. Uh, I, I was a pretty good cameraman. But I kind of evolved past that pretty quickly, and I became the director. I was running our morning news show, and I just I had a good mind for pulling together a production. So I thought that that was going to be what I would go to school for and what I would study. Things didn't work out. I ended up going to UMass Dartmouth studying English and all that kind of stuff. But, but that was my sanctuary, was the AV room. It was my homeroom. I went down there every morning, produced the morning show when I first got to school. Loved that. Loved every. Loved having live TV every morning, even if it was just being watched in the classrooms of the school on, on closed circuit. And then I would go there during my study halls, during my breaks, and I would go there after school. 
And I'd always had different projects I was working on, different videos I was making. I had my bootleg video business on the side. Don't tell Mr. Finney. We had all kinds of reasons to be in there and hang out there. And to me, it was, you know, that, that was my place. Even though I kind of got along with everybody and I was involved in a lot of different things, that was where I was always drawn to every day. So I would want to go back and just get involved in all that, although I'm sure now the technology that they use is far beyond anything that I would be able to handle. Like when they say, oh, yeah, nonlinear editing, I'm like, how does that work? How does it work not to just watch the tape and decide where you want to make the cuts instead of being able to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing the stuff that kids can do now compared to what we were doing back then. But, of course, they still produce the morning news every day, except now you can actually watch it. People can watch it on YouTube. They do a great job over there of uh, producing good quality stuff that's far beyond anything I could do. But my favorite thing was always making the opens. The opens for the show were, you know, refreshed every few months because we would bring in different hosts every few months to be able to have everybody get a chance to be on camera if that's what they wanted to do and to read the morning announcements. So every time we had turnover of the hosts, I would create a new open. But I would always make opens that were parodies of other, you know, like real sitcom opens. So I did one that was a parody of Friends. I did one that was a parody of Welcome Back, Cotter. I did one that was a parody of the opening of Saturday Night Fever. And it was just whatever I would come up with, whatever dumb thing I would come up with, the, 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 whoever was on the show at that time would follow along and just agree to do it. And some of them were funny. Some of them weren't. I still have tapes of them somewhere. Still have a VCR somewhere. But fond memories for sure. That's where I would go if I went back to high school. And that would be what I would be going back to high school for. Just to do AV stuff. And again, to have that $2.10 lunch. All right. Got to take my final break. We'll be back in a few moments. Um. When that song came out in the 90s, I hated it. I couldn't stand that song. I thought it was obnoxious. Did not like it at all. Then years later, it was on like one of those, you know, where are they now type shows or something. And uh, and they interviewed the two people that made up Len, which was the name of the group, L-E-N, Len. And uh, they just seemed like such nice people. And them talking about it and talking about like what they were trying to do with the song and uh, how it was kind of a bit of a goof and the video was kind of a bit of a goof gave me a new perspective. And then I went back and I was like, oh, I like this song a lot now. Oh, see, sometimes it's just, you know, changing your perspective a little bit. Like, I'll admit, I thought that the darkness was ridiculous when they came out with uh, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. I was like, this is this is horrible. This is This is just crap. And then I got the joke. And then I was like, oh, this is amazing. It just it, sometimes it just takes a little bit of a change in your perspective to realize where you are with something. 
And that's why we talk about a lot of the issues that we do. And that's why we try to look at it from different perspectives. And why I always say let's look at things with logic instead of emotion, because then you can kind of boil it down and uh, and try to get to the root of things. So we will continue to do that, of course. But I am just about out of time for today. Marcus and Chris will be coming up next. They will certainly do that with you. Uh, they'll also have Mayor Mitchell on later on, and they can get into some of the discussion about those budget cuts made by the city council, just about $9 million that they cut from Mayor Mitchell's proposed budget. And uh, some of that might affect important services like trash collection, which is going to be a major topic coming up, uh, as well as insurance and other things as well. So uh, they will talk about that with the mayor. And of course, we will get City Council President Linda Morad's reaction on Friday when she joins me, as she does each week, uh, always bringing along another counselor as well. So we'll talk about that with them on Friday. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with me at all, you can always reach me either via app chat on the WBSM app or... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.